passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following, and of course, uh, watching the podcast on YouTube. Tucker will join me in a few minutes to talk about what was an outrageous night at Citizens Bank Park. And they all seem to be in October the last two years. As the Phillies win going away, they take a 2-1 lead in the series, can close it out tonight against Spencer Strider. There's a lot of, there's a lot of aspects to last night, but we got to start with the most the one that we'll be talking about years from now. And that, of course, is Bryce Harper, a two-home run night. And, and we're at the point now where Bryce Harper, where – the surprising isn't surprising anymore, where the wow is now expected. This guy, the best way I could frame watching Bryce Harper's whole career, but specifically in Philadelphia, is he is built for this. It's almost like he was born for this. He talked last night after the game about how he doesn't really feel pressure. Pressure was when, at 11 years old, he decided he was going to be the number one pick in the draft and and worked for that through his adolescent years, to become the number one pick in the draft. Like, th- this is all fun for him now. But you could see, once in a while, there's a player that is built uniquely for the moment, uniquely for October, uniquely for the city he plays in. It's it's all Bryce Harper right now. And was there any doubt in anyone's mind he was going to have a big night last night after what happened? And there's two aspects of it. And I still believe it was bad base running play in game two, but he channeled that. Rob Thompson, after the game, talked about how he wanted to a little, you know, kind of atone for what happened at the end of game two. But then there's the Orlando Arcia thing, which just adds an element to this that is just so fun. 
I mean, Arcia, who's a clown, by the way, you know, gets quoted after the game. Maybe he didn't know he was being quoted, but I mean, he's a pro baseball player and has been for a while. And Orlando Arcia is not a rookie. If there's reporters in the clubhouse and you're yelling and screaming stuff, it's fair game. Just because there's not a microphone in front of your face doesn't mean it's not fair game. So that gets out there. And then Bryce Harper channels all that stuff into a multi-home run performance, majestic shot. And ironically, just like last year, it was game three at home against Atlanta after a bad game two loss. The third inning is where the whole thing turns. Last year was the Hoskins bat slam. Last night it was Castellanos followed by Bryce Harper with a three-run shot. And from there, it was kind of curtains for the Atlanta Braves. But the numbers on Bryce Harper now have reached a point where we're talking all time. We're, we're talking all time great in the postseason. You know, first, you know, in the in kind of the pantheon of October, and I know Babe Ruth's numbers and Lou Gehrig's numbers are off the charts. It was a different game back then. I, I always think when you think about baseball playoffs, it really doesn't start until the late 60s when they put the divisional, you know, division series in. And it became really, excuse me, the league championship series and division series came in the 90s. But at least it became rounds of playoffs, late 60s. Before that, it was just the World Series. So obviously the leaderboard is going to be Ruth and Garrick because the Yankees were in the World Series basically every year. But, you know, from the time the playoffs, the quote unquote playoffs started in the late 60s to now, really there's, there's two names that jump out. When you think October, you think Mr. October, Reggie Jackson, and you think the guy who came after that and... They called him Mr. Octubre up in Boston, David Ortiz. Those are the two guys who channeled the moment, who dominated the sport, who had the craziest numbers, who just kept getting big hit after big hit in October. Bryce Harper has now entered that pantheon. Now, he's got to get a ring. That's the final step of this to truly be with those guys. But when I think of postseason baseball, I think of Reggie Jackson. I think of David Ortiz. And now I think Bryce Harper. And the numbers are just ridiculous. So, the list of players with a 1,000 OPS and as many home runs as Bryce Harper in the postseason, it's only him and Babe Ruth. That's it. Nobody else has a combination of as many home runs as, as Bryce Harper and an OPS of 1,000 or more. It's Babe Ruth and it's, it's Bryce Harper. Like, just think about that for a second. It's Babe Ruth and it's Bryce Harper. Har Ruth and Harper are the only two that have as high of a slugging percentage and as many home runs, those two, 14 home runs and a high of a slugging percentage. I believe Beltran actually was part of the first stat too. Beltran, Harper, and, and Babe Ruth. Beltran was a great October player. But, but Bryce Harper's in this category now, like this all-time, all-time October category when he gets the plate. And then, of course, it's, it's the impact. Since Bryce Harper got here to the Phillies, and this is obviously just the last two years, they're 8-0 in the playoffs when he hits a home run. I mean, you could kind of just draw a line right down the middle when a game starts. Will Bryce Harper homer today? Yes or no. Will the Phillies win today? Yes or no. And usually it's on that line. If he hits a home run, they win. If he doesn't, they really don't win. That has been October for the past couple of years. And luckily for everyone here, he's locked in again as the Phillies try to go and win one more in this series and get to the LCS against Arizona, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. The other part of last night, I don't – I feel like he's going to get lost today because it's a Bryce Harper day. It's an offense day. Castiano said a couple home runs. Marsh got his back going. All that. Trey Turner's first home run in about a month. Great offensive night for the Phillies against you know, the underbelly of the Braves pitching staff. The other element of last night was Aaron Nola, who I thought pitched very well. Now, he wasn't perfect. There were some base runners on. He allowed a run. He didn't get into the, you know, past the six. But I, I, I have a comment on that and, and a theory on why Rob Thompson pulled him 
when he did. But nine strikeouts and only one run allowed against that Braves offense, I will take that every single day. Nola's curveball was on point. The adjustment he made about a month ago now is clearly paid dividends. He has an ability to throw strikes with that curveball now, get swings and misses in and out of the zone. He wasn't doing that for a lot of the season before. Right now, when you look across baseball at the at the five teams left, are, are there many or any that you like their one-two with the way they're pitching right now better than the Phillies? I mean, maybe you like some just on the same level. You want to go to, let's say, Houston and say Verlander and Javier and Valdez. They're really good as a one-two-three, but are they pitching better right now or is it kind of the same level? I'd say the same level. Arizona has, and we'll see them next round, you know, Gallon and Merrill Kelly. They're good. I think the Phillies guys are pitching better right now. You know, you go to Texas with Evaldi and Jordan Montgomery. They're pitching well, and maybe they'll get Scherzer back, and that could, you know, boost it up a notch. But I don't think they're pitching better than the Phillies guys. Like the way Wheeler is pitching the postseason, and then you throw Aaron Nola in, it looks like last year. They got a one, they've got a two, and they've got Aaron Nola pitching again, once again, the way he did last year and the way he did well, for a lot of his Phillies career. And, you know, I, I thought it was interesting last night. He gets the ovation as he walks to the field. He tips his cap. Second time he's done that now in a couple of weeks, did at the end of the regular season. It's, it's kind of clear in his head, or at least it's clear to me, and it feels like it, it's coming from him, that he's acknowledging, and he's usually, you know, he's a stoic guy. He hasn't acknowledged the crowd much in his career. He hasn't had all, you know, a ton of great moments to, uh, to acknowledge the crowd. But in his good moments, in his really good moments, in his good years, he really, he's stoic. He doesn't give much to the crowd. He just kind of walks off the mound and does his thing. You could tell it's, he's feeling it now because this may be the end for Aaron Nola. And at any point here, his next start could be his last in Philadelphia. Now, the Phillies are in a commanding position. We'll talk about game number four and, and potentially five in a, in a couple minutes. But last night, potentially, depending on how tonight goes and how if they need Saturday goes, could be his last start in Philadelphia or his next start. Like He's feeling it right now. And if the Phillies are going to pull this off and they're going to go all the way and they're going to win this thing and you know be a team that loses the World Series and comes back and wins the next year – he, he's going to play a big, big role in all of this, and he's pitching really well right now. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Look, I, I want to get to the Diamondbacks and game four or five of this series in a minute, but one thing, and then we'll get Tucker's thoughts on all this, it really strikes me as watching this Phillies team that there's a championship in that room. You, you feel it. They have the look. There's something about this team that a, a switch flipped last year and it carried over to this year. They believe they play their best in big moments. There's something unique about them here in Philadelphia that they don't think they could be beaten. And when they get rolling, they're, they're not a team that's flawed anymore. They're just as good as anybody, if not better than everybody, left in baseball. And sometimes teams are built for the regular season. The Braves are that. The Dodgers are that. Sometimes teams are built for the postseason. And this team feels like one two years in a row that is uniquely built for October. They get through the regular season. They kind of stumble their way through there sometimes. They're streaky. But when it's the money time, when it is October, especially here in Philadelphia, they're a different kind of team. They, they, are, they are the definition of a team that they're on the precipice of winning a championship. It's just about the details now and finishing this thing off. But, man, home field advantage is staring at them in the face in the next round 
if they could get there. We'll get to game three, excuse me, game four in a minute here. But let's get Tucker's thoughts on on this uh, this Bryce Harper guy who just continues to do what. What I just feel like he was born to do this. Like this is who he is. It, it feels like the moment is never too big because I think he's he's created these moments in his head probably since he was seven years old. Yeah, and it's it's just weird because it doesn't happen in baseball, right? You you see it in other sports. You see it in, in basketball. You know, maybe football if you're a, a quarterback or, or someone who you know gets to touch the ball a lot. But in baseball, you're one of nine in the lineup, right? And for him to continually get at bats in big situations like that. And for him to continually come through, I mean, it's like nothing we've ever seen before. I mean, truly like it just in baseball, it doesn't happen. Like not even just superstars, not even all-stars, whatever players don't come up in big moments like that on a consistent basis. And players don't come through as often as he does. Like I, I texted last night after he hit his home run and didn't you just kind of expect it, right? Like, didn't you just sit there and say, well, runners on third, First and third runners on the corners, two outs in the third inning. Probably going to hit a home run here. And he did. He, he took a curveball and, and launched it in the right field bleachers. And I don't know, a party just broke out. And the whole Harper-Orlando Arcea thing, I just, I think it's hilarious the way Braves players and, and fans are both whining about it. How yesterday it was, it actually didn't happen. He never actually said it. And now today it's it's unfair that Bryce Harper heard it. He didn't, it wasn't meant for his ears. He wasn't supposed to hear it. Travis Darno was complaining on the TV last night that he doesn't want to talk to the media ever again because they ruined the the inner sanctity uh, of the Braves locker room now by reporting things that that players are saying. And it's almost a Michael Jordan thing. And I don't want to compare Bryce Harper to Michael Jordan. I, I think that may be a little far. But, I mean, the fact that a first baseman, he's usually a right fielder, but a first baseman is going after a shortstop and just punishing his pitcher as a result of just something he said off the cuff 48 hours earlier, it's just unbelievable. I mean, the, the stuff he does, I agree with you, he's a terrible base runner. But sometimes you just got to take the good with the bad. And right now, I mean, last year they made the World Series because of Bryce Harper. And this year, I think if they want to get back there, if they want to move on past the Braves and we'll see what they can do against Arizona if they get there, it's going to come down to what Bryce Harper does again. Like this team goes as Bryce Harper takes them. And last night, and really the since the start of the Braves series, he didn't do much against Miami, but he won them game one by scoring two of the three runs. He hit the home run. He, he scored the, the first run of the game. And last night, he had two home runs, four RBIs. It's just, I don't know, you almost run out of words talking about him. And we can talk about Castellanos and Nola and everyone else with a home run, but the story of this team starts and ends with Bryce Harper. It does. And and whatever the bar ha has been for his career, he just continues to jump over it. I remember when he was on cover of Sports Illustrated at 16 years old, baseball's LeBron. Like, how could he live up to that? Well, he's done it. I mean, he's actually exceeded expectations for the player he was supposed to be. And now in Philadelphia, to sign that contract, to be the, you know, to be the guy tasked, and he chose this task, with turning a franchise that had been dormant for a decade around, he's done it. Every single time there's a bar, he just jumps over it. He he is a special player. The Phillies have gotten every dollar of, of that contract back and more because that's what this guy does. All right, quickly, let's look forward to game four and really why I think it is so important for the Phillies' chances to get to the World Series. They win this game, obviously. Again, to clinch is better than not to clinch. No one wants it to go back to Atlanta and play a deciding game five on the road. They would be underdogs in that game, even with Wheeler on the mound. All that being said, let, let's just say for a second the Phillies are going to beat the Braves. It's a matter of beat them in four or beat them in five. 
it really sets them up if they win this tonight in game four, because that allows them to put pitch Zach Wheeler in game one, Aaron Nolan game two, the formula they used last year to get up on the Padres. They could do it. If not, if they have to go to Atlanta for game five and they, let's say they win that game. Well, then we're talking about Taiwan Walker, Christopher Sanchez, someone of that ilk likely pitches game one Monday in Philadelphia against Arizona. And then you get Aaron Nola back for game two. Wheeler, I was assumed for game three next Thursday in in Arizona. And then, you know, you probably have a situation where the first five games of well, you don't get to see a Nola or Wheeler again until game six is my point. So like you have the first five games, you only get those guys once each. So that means a lot of other moving parts to the rotation. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks can set their rotation up for the NLCS. It, the Phillies last year, their pattern to get the world to get to the World Series had a lot of things that kind of fell in place for them. They, they clinched early. Um, you know, they beat the Cardinals in two. They beat the Braves in four. Allowed them to set the pitching up. They they need that again to really get themselves an extra advantage going into the NLCS. And of course, the Spencer Strider thing. I can't wait to see how loud Citizens Bank Park is tonight. He doesn't like crowds. I mean, he, he was he was clear about it. Whether he was half kidding or not, he said it. And I expect tonight to be raucous. I, look, it will be a challenge. He's a great pitcher. He's a strikeout machine. But the Phillies have an enormous advantage at home. And if they can't close that at home, they have one of the five best pitchers in baseball rested and ready for Saturday night in Atlanta. What a night it was for the Phillies. What a run it's been last year and this year. And what a player Bryce Harper is. Appreciate everyone listening following, subscribing, and, of course, uh, watching on, on YouTube here. Back tomorrow, hopefully, talking about the Phillies clinching a spot in the National League Championship Series right here on WIP Daily.